welcome to the asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome back into the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on a good-looking Friday. Thank God the weekend is finally here. I am your host with the most, Rick Flieger, joined as always by the octogenarian orator, Mr. Rick Briggs, and that other guy over in the glass room over there. Check out everything the show's got to offer over at Chaos and Disorder on, uh, what's that, on the tweeters and Chaos and Disorder Pod <laughs> on you. the Facebook, Asylum Fantasy Sports at gmail.com. Rick, it's upon us now. Yeah, it has. And I tell you, you mentioned, you know, being Friday, it's been a muggy, hot week. Well, it's just miserable. Just yeah, miserable. Rainy. Living in a swamp, apparently. I don't like it. But we needed to rain. We really did. That's like an old man's thing to say. We needed the rain. We did. I got tired of taking the stupid hose to the garden and watering my stupid plants. <laughs> stupid hose to the stupid <laughs> garden, watering your stupid plants. Right. Well, let's talk some stupid fantasy football, Rick. We could do that. I so. would love to do that. So I think the big news of the week, Saquon Barkley back at practice. Not a done deal, but appears primed. Prime, not your kind of prime, but a real prime. Prime to be back in week one. Good news, great news, fantastic news. How much do you trust Saquon Barkley? Well, you know, giving, given my history with Saquon Barkley, I don't... Yeah, yeah you, I, should I, st- I, you should avoid him for everybody else's sake. Well, yeah. Um, no, I look, if it gets right down to it, yeah, I'm going to draft him. I'll never get him. I mean, where I'm drafting in all of my leagues, I'm right. not high enough. However, if he's not comes- a problem you had in the 70s, I'm given to understand. You know, you try to make a point. <laughs> what? It makes a lot of logical sense with good football information. I was and just making a point. All we do is get some, well, you're old, Joe. <laughs> Oh boy, hey, Alejandro, did you hear that one? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a your old joke. It was a you're an old stoner joke. You didn't even get the joke. It's always going back in time. It was funny. No, it wasn't. The audience seems to think but yeah, it was. Draft Saquon Barkley. Well, uh, you? That, that's obvious. Well, I'm no, just but, but that's the thing. Are you. I mean, we could play the game, but, you know, we. I have him as number four overall in PPR. I mean, just with the state of the Saints, I have him above Kamara. You draft him above Kamara? I mean, maybe you don't agree with those rankings, but we can move on. You drafting him above Chubb? Well, that's why I keep bringing it up, right? Right. And because I have the number three pick in the League of Consequence, knowing McCaffrey and Cook are going to be gone. I I don't know what to do there. Here's what I feel like. I should have no reason not to trust him. This isn't some nagging two-year hamstring injury, right? right? I mean, it's an ACL. It's been about a full year. You know, we've seen, you know, it's for a lot of guys, this has become a nine-month injury. I don't know why I'm so nervous about him. I'm looking for somebody, anybody to, to calm me down, to back me down. I think he probably is in a PPR format. He probably is the number three guy but there's something something well, doesn't sit right with because me. it's acl everybody's not adrian peterson well, that we well know right and we've we, a lot of people fell into it watching adrian peterson and jamal charles come back same time from an acl 
A lot of other guys don't. Right, yeah. I think Barkley may be one of these guys that does. And I think it's such an important year for Daniel Jones, for that coaching staff. They, they've got to have it now. So right. I think they will they will ride that horse until it breaks down. It, it, it's it's interesting. There's I've never had questions before at three overall. Yeah, you could debate one or two guys. Sure. But there's questions with everybody. And we'll save it. We're going to play a different game show tonight, Rick. I'm oh, sure yeah. you're very excited. But oh, yeah. the, the host is coming in, and we'll talk to him. And, and this will be a question on the, uh, on the game this week. It's an oldie but a goodie. We haven't played this one in a long, long wow. time. So you, you should ready. be excited. You know, I was just going through some of the um the team injuries you know and granted some of this stuff maybe you shouldn't be that concerned about but you know you just throw caution at it. you look at swift groin injury bateman limps off the field you know hunter henry shoulder injury marquise brown hamstring aaron jones hamstring uh devonta smith sprained mcl justin jefferson the shoulder ac joint that one doesn't concern me much, but look at all these other ones—the hamstrings, the, the, the you know, the groin. It's all that things that can turn into season-long nags. Yeah, that you spend a lot of draft capital on, and you really don't get the return because they just don't—they can't get it on the field, or if they do, they're they're eighty percent or whatever it is, seventy percent. Yeah, I don't like the soft tissue stuff. I, I like it now compared to in week one. Right, you right. know, you you hope, you know, the the level of player you named, we've kind of reached the point in in the NFL where stars, legitimate fantasy players, even I know the league doesn't categorize them that right. way, aren't playing in preseason games or playing so limited. You can take a DeAndre Swift and say, you go ahead and have a seat there till after Labor Day, and we'll right. come get you then. At the same time, I think that's what breeds these types of things, though. I you know, hold hold on to your hat. Not a doctor. I know it stuns you with how well spoken and, and intelligent I am, <laughs> I but but not a doctor. However, you see these guys; they don't have the same off-season program. They don't participate much in mini camps, even slow rolling into training camp and throughout the season. These are the types of injuries you have. Maybe it's best to get it out of the way now. I don't know. It's not like the like the flu where it heals and you don't get it again. Right. I think it can keep happening. But those type of things, if this was three weeks from now, I'd be nervous. This week, all right, just go yeah. ahead and sit them down till sit Labor down, Day, and right. we'll, we'll figure it out from I, there. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, guys like Aaron Jones and them, you know, definitely start paying attention in a couple of weeks right you know uh, still out of practice it's kind of like ooh. yeah well you know? and that's the thing and, and hopefully it's maintenance and, and they're holding them out of practice just to just to be wise I, I guess for for lack of a better way to put it what do you make of this michael thomas situation boy has this thing gotten weird ugly is what it yeah is. it's he does not want to be it and this is the thing that really stuns me the guy two years ago signs a what is it a hundred million dollar five year deal, and he's instantly angry. <laughs> he hates the New Orleans Saints. He he hates that team, and yeah. I I believe. And, and of course, I haven't heard the other side of the story because in his tweet he's saving their reputation by not telling his side of the story. But I tell you what, 
between you and me, I believe the New Orleans Saints. I believe he's not returned texts. I believe he's not returned calls because he had some antics last year with that injury, if you recall. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, they're, that the whole thing was strange last year right. as well. Well, it seems he didn't tweet this out, and I didn't don't have it up in front of me, and I, I should have. But somebody else, I don't know if it was just a rando account or it was a, a reporter, but it was somebody postulating on Twitter that he – how'd it go? The injury was worse than it was last – than we thought last year, and they were trying to rush him back and discouraging him from having the surgery – because they wanted to make one last run at the Super Bowl while Drew before Drew Brees retired. And okay. Michael Thomas, you know, he quote tweeted it and just put up a heart or he just liked it or something like that. So I don't know if that's the big reveal that they actually actively discouraged him from having this surgery in the season last year. I got a hard time believing that being that he hardly played, you know, as the season went on and certainly wasn't effective. But the other point is, and God, you always hate to take ownership side or the team side in these things, but what about from January till June? Was that something retaliatory towards you? Where does the thing end? Something weird. That was a point I was going to make. Okay, say they did rush him back trying to get a championship, um, which he would have shared in if they would have won the Super Bowl. Right. why couldn't you have gotten surgery in the end of February, the beginning of March? Right. Yeah. Instead of now. Yeah. It's something weird. I mean, they're, they're headlong for a breakup. He's got no trade value now coming off that surgery. I don't know what they do. I just get to the end of the year and figure something out. But, you know, in a fantasy parlance, you know, he obviously with the injury and being out, what was it seven weeks into the season? Is, is, that, is yeah. that where it landed at I think now? that's where it is, yeah. Yeah, his ADP had already dropped to 60 that still seems way too high. Do you touch him at all? No, I mean, I, no. he's worth a teens round flyer, certainly, but anywhere in a position of depth, I, I can't see even touching him at this point. Because even if he does come back and recover, I somehow doubt he's going to show up anyhow. I agree. I, I don't think he's going to play, quite frankly, unless he shows up enough to get his seniority, you know, right. where it counts. Other than that, and and what they'll get from him, I'm not sure because I think he's done. Yeah. with the Saints. Oh, there, there's Period. no doubt about it. I don't think there's any recovering from all this. Sorry, you got anything else? Or you want to play the game? Well, I, now I'm very intrigued anyway, about the game. So see if you remember this game. This is one of my favorites of all time. I remember the, the... We're going to pick your poison, Rick. That's I can't what believe it is. I could remember. not remember the net yet. I just like the end of this. I'm just going to play this sounder for the next 15 minutes. I just like the word poison. I could hit that note. Well, I know you could. I think that was a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> okay, All right. stand up, Alejandro. Get, pull your foot back. Get ready. <laughs> No good, no good at all. All right, Rick, I already previewed this one, so for those not aware of the game, I'll give you a scenario, give you a list of players, and you're going to pick your poison here. So here Can we I go. my little pencil? I don't think we're okay. going to have that many players. So right. pick your poison, Rick, at pick number three overall. Notice the theme here. We talked about it last week. We kicked off the show. 
Pick your poison of these running backs at number three. Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, Zeke, or Saquon Barkley? PPR, obviously. So certainly, yes. I'm. We talked about last week on this show. I've got Zeke at number three. I love this Dallas offense, and that's where I would go. I tend to agree with it. He feels like the safest bet there, right? right? You, you, Barring injury, which could happen with anybody, I think you know 100% what you're going to get there. You know, Derrick Henry, are we still disrespecting Derrick Henry for what he's done the last two seasons because he is not the pass catcher that some of these other guys are? But for that matter, neither is Zeke. I think because he is a freaking snowplow, and I think people tend to take the Kamaras and such ahead of them because they think that guys like that will get hurt. Right. But Derrick Henry doesn't get hurt. Doesn't seem to. Do you think Julio is going to open it up for Henry this year? I don't think it could. Which is scary. I don't think it could get that much more open, really, even with right. I mean, Corey, you know, Corey Davis, the guys they had. They adding any weapon of his caliber, though, doesn't yeah, hurt. Yeah, it <laughs> certainly doesn't hurt. I mean, you're not going to see a lot of nine-man boxes with right. those two guys on the outside. So I think he's a consideration there. I'm probably going to end up regretting all across my leagues, avoiding Alvin Kamara over – over worrying about the situation there. Right. It, I mean, usually talent wins out. Yeah, and you but, can look at it in, in different lights. Like, look, two years ago, Jameis Winston led the league in passing yards. With Michael Thomas gone, the basic lack of weapons on the outside, okay, James Winston's going to have to rely on Kamara. Maybe. A ton. Can he make that throw, though? That's what concerns me there. You know, one thing, since we're on this, one thing that a lot of people, in fact, really no one other than you and I really have talked about, you know, since that year where, you know, everybody made fun of him, you know, 30-30 club and, and everything, even though he led the league in passing, he got LASIK surgery since then. And he actually, in a press conference, it's amazing. I can see now. <laughs> of course, he was behind. You know, he was a backup last year. Right. Nobody really knows, you know, after it's two true. years, after the surgery and so forth, how much better he can see his depth perception and so forth. Time will tell when he gets to reps because he, you know, he's got to be the starting quarterback in New Orleans, I would assume. Yeah. I wonder if I'm going to change as draft season goes on. We're not going to see any of Kamara in preseason games, I wouldn't think, obviously. Probably not going to. I don't know if we'll see a bunch of Hill in, in Winston. But it's got to be Winston's job, right? Sean Payton's got this weird obsession, but there's no way he wins that job. This might end up being Kamara at the end. Zeke's the safe play. I'm avoiding Barkley. I I really am. And Derrick Henry. At three, there's too many options right right now. Yeah, so so shiny new toys. All right, well, moving on. Every time, I'm going to hit it between everyone. All right, Rick, you are at the end of the first round. You've got pick 12, but I'm only going to let you have one here. I'm not going to let you have two of them making that turn because I know the type of nonsense games you like to play got to have that running back at number 12 aaron jones austin eckler jonathan taylor Najee harris eckler i, I, I mean, think it's me, that's simple easy. i i really do i'm yeah. am i is it the homer in me i'm really starting to get overhyped about Najee harris am i overhyped 
No, I don't think so. But the thing about Najee Harris is you're not sure what the Matt Canada offense is, is going to entail. You don't know what this offensive line is going to be like in Pittsburgh. You almost guaranteed you got Herbert. You have a plethora of weapons with, with the Chargers, a great line, and he's a great pass catcher. I know what I'm getting with this guy. Right. Him at 12, I think, is, would be a steal. I think he's got Alvin Kamara upside at an Aaron Jones Aaron Jones price. I, I think right. that's why that that's Eckler pretty easily for me. I wish we'd get more or get any view of Najee Harris with Ben Roethlisberger and see what that's going to look like. I think we know what a Matt Canada offense is going to be. It, it's going to be a lot of that vertical stuff, right? You know, Deontay Johnson's probably going to carry the ball 50% as much as Najee Harris does. I mean, that's the type of stuff you're you're going to see. But I'd love to know what his involvement's going to be in the passing game because I think if anybody on this list, he can leapfrog him. You know, Jonathan Taylor, I was ready until two weeks ago to make an argument that he might belong in the top five. I might just go crazy at that number three pick I'm obsessing over, go get my guy and get Jonathan Taylor. But without the quarterback, it's, it doesn't feel the same, and there's still just too many guys there. Yeah, Phil probably be in camp pretty soon. Well, I, I would think so. And then <laughs> we get what we got out of Jonathan Taylor last year, which was nice, right. but not a top five type nice. of guy. And, and that's another thing. You also have, granted, we don't know how he's going to come back from that Achilles, you know, with Marlon Mack, but you have Neam Hines, who was quite valuable as a plug-and-play, you know, right. on, on bye weeks last year. They're not just going to sit this guy down. That's the one thing. Where there, there are people that are so passionate about this in the fantasy realm that this is the year Taylor, and there's numbers at the end of the year, really bared it out, oh, right? Yeah. You could see it. Here's my problem. I look back at the history of Frank Wright being in Indianapolis or his years in Philadelphia. Name the number one bell cow back they have ever had there. And what makes me even more nervous is when Frank Wright came out last week and said, I can see Jonathan Taylor being more of a bell cow. If you got a coach saying that, he's bullshitting you. It's yeah. just it's just that simple. I agree. I don't they don't say, anything a coach They said. don't say things like that using fantasy terminology like that unless if, they're up to something nefarious. If you want to believe anything a coach says, listen to the Danny Green press conference. They, they <laughs> They are who they thought they were. The Jim Moore press conference when they are so incensed with rage that they, they can't help themselves. They were, and we let them off the hook. I actually had that one ready. All right, Rick. Moving on. Yes. All right, we're up to pick 16, Rick. You've already got your bell cow running back to quote Frank Reich. Now you're ready for a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Here's some receivers in that ADP realm, believe it or not. Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, and Calvin Ridley. Wow. I think we can we could have stopped at Hopkins, right? Is this Stefan Diggs or DeAndre it, it's Diggs, Hopkins? Diggs, Hopkins, Ridley right behind Hopkins, and Metcalf is a distant fourth of that trio. That's in my opinion. I'm actually surprised Metcalf's ADP higher. Right. Higher than Ridley's. That, that I'm not is, that's do that. stunning. It is. With, with, I mean, they're close. With but. Julio out of Atlanta and Calvin Ridley, the the clear alpha wide receiver, it, it, and they brought in Mike Davis. So, I mean, which should elevate the running game a little bit, you know, to keep defenses honest. I, I think Ridley's in for a huge year. Right. 
But you can only have one of these. Oh, it's Diggs. It, it's For Diggs. For me, yeah. I still think I'm going D-Hop. I really am. I know Diggs is, you know, kind of that universal number two ADP now. Well, great towards the end in Minnesota. Fantastic last year, certainly living up to that ADP. Or a three, I'm sorry. I'm always Like everybody, I forget about Devontae Adams. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know why. I think Hopkins is a sure thing. I, I really do. That that Buffalo offense, Josh Allen, he got himself G'd up. You know, good weapons around him in Buffalo, but I, I like what I know. I'm taking Hopkins there, but it's razor, razor thin. It really yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with either one, I don't think. And speaking of Devontae Adams, he's now number six overall. Now yeah. That we know Aaron yeah. So, so apparently we've woken up and remembered. Yeah, he plays. Yeah, he plays in Green <laughs> Bay. So, all right. I may hit that note before we're done. I'd like to hear it. All right. So you didn't get Travis Kelsey. Okay. Got to get to your number three tight end. You didn't get Darren Waller. Okay. Now you're thinking about a tight end. We're getting a little later in the draft. Who's that third tight end to you? George Kittle, who you're going to have. I'm going to throw some ADPs in this one. Okay. Who's going to have a 26 overall ADP. Do you wait and get Kyle Pitts at 45 or Mark Andrews at 49? I know you're not taking any of them with any of those ADPs, but please play the game. I think I would go Kittle. You're, I, yeah, Andrews, I'm not sold on. He, to me, he was a quick burn and flame. It just seemed to I, – I just don't trust him. Pitts, I'm not sure what I'm going to get. I think he's going to be dynamic. Um, but if Kittle's there – I think I'm going to grab him and not gamble that Pitts is going to disappear before I get to 45. Yeah, Kittle's a safe play. I think he's kind of gotten forgotten, you know, just because of all the time missed an injury last year. We know what he is, know what he can be, and assuming Jimmy Garoppolo starts the season, we know the the rapport those guys can have, although it's rare to get them both on the field at the same time. (laughs) For me, though, I'm going to wait. Now, number one, just because I tend to wait on tight ends. Kyle Pitts would be that kind of guy. So pick 45, you're into the, what, the fourth round, right? Right. Mid-fourth mid round. If I've got a good little base built, this is a guy could be a league winner. Definitely. Not in the sense of the, the league winners, that quarterback you draft in the 13th round that goes off or the tight end that goes in the 15th round that goes off. But this guy's got Travis Kelsey potential. Right now, he's got huge bust potential because we've never seen him play a diamond uh, down in the NFL. I think before I take a George Kittle that early in the third round, I want a piece of I want a piece of pitch, and I think that's a good fair price. I wonder by end of July or end of August, I'm sorry, if that's still going to be that low, that ADP. But if I can get him midway, late in the fourth round, I might jump on it because that could be a difference maker right there. Yeah, you can, no doubt. All right, moving on. (laughs) All right, late second round, Rick. You got Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook there at the top of your draft. Now you're looking at a wide receiver, late second round wide receiver. Pick your poison, Terry McLaurin, Allen Robinson, C.D. Lamb, Mike Evans. Oh, boy, that is... That that is an extremely difficult question. I love that Dallas offense. I'm 
high on C.D. Lamb, but Allen Robinson is my Brandon Marshall of present day. He is. You, you've got uh, you've got guy love for him. I, you know, if Let's I've got go. McCaffrey. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were saying? Come on, we only got five minutes left. With Hurry McCaffrey. Up. I think I'm going Lamb. Oh, see, I thought I was going to break <clears throat> ground here because I am all over Lamb. Honestly, now, it's not even that close to me. Now, if if I – yeah, I am too. I, I really am. I love that Dallas offense. But, you know, say if, if I'm maybe a little bit farther, maybe I've got a Barkley, I may go with a Robinson. Safe play against one that mm, I'm not – Kind of hedging sh- one you're nervous about. A little bit. I mean, but, but C.D. Lamb, he, I mean, it's such a high ceiling. Right. And, and McCaffrey the same way. If both those guys play 17 games – I, they could win you eight games oh, by themselves. Yeah, there's no no question about it. That's it. I think, you know, we saw, barring injury, what almost could be the floor or mid-level C.D. Lamb last year. Remember how right. much he played without Dak Prescott last season. I mean, you talk about the sky's the limit. Terry McLaurin looked great. Would love to, on any squad I have him. But I'm – I He's going to get offended over here. Ryan Fitzpatrick, It's we're going to have our ups and downs there. <laughs> Let's right. put it that way. And it could affect McLaurin. You know, Robinson's the safe play, but same thing. They got quarterback questions That's there. That's the big thing and, with him. You're it, right. And Mike Evans, I, I think that was a stretch just to get an extra one in the list. He's not really on that tier. He's kind of the beginning of the next tier. I think it's a C.D. Lamb. And we could I be talking C- about C.D. Lamb as top two or three at the end I of the season. I think it's C.D. Lamb, really, no matter where you're at. I mean – Right. That question, like, I, I, I reconsider. I, I just don't think that I could take Robinson over Lamb at this point. All right, Rick, it's time to wrap it up, but we will do one more because we love nothing more than the overtime here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. And we work free overtime just for you. I think this one's easy as well, but if you're like me, if you're like Briggs, and you wait till late for that quarterback. You're not, you're not going to pay for Travis Kelsey. You're not going to pay for Lamar Jackson. You're going to wait till the later rounds to get you your QB. Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Ooh. Ooh. No, you're wrong. No, I'm not wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. No, That's the wrong. wrong answer. This is Justin Herbert, and it's not even close. He No, he, it's very close. And, no, not close. Well, yeah, but it is. the guy love for you for oh it's not guy love it's just good basic fantasy common sense is what it is okay give me your reasoning why herbert is such a slam dunk over last year's mvp well last year's mvp has taken disgruntled to an all-new level He's got a milk and a hamstring injury for seven weeks written all over him. I, th- I don't if think not, so. I don't think he's going to do that to his buddy, Devontae Adams and so forth. I, I just don't if think this, he's that type of guy. If, he's got divaism written all over him. If this was my football team, mm-hmm. I'd agree with you. This is my fantasy football team. What, the gonna, highest potential he, for numbers are Justin Herbert. He's going to refuse to throw touchdowns just to piss you off. No, of but but if you look hell? back, I, there's not a lot of 350 yard, four touchdown games in Aaron Rodgers' future. That's not really who he's been, even over the last several years. He's been kind of an average 
to above average fantasy quarterback. I think Justin Herbert has a chance to get himself on that upper tier just behind your your uh, Mahomes, your Allens, and your Lamar Jacksons. In fact, I'd take him over Lamar Jackson, certainly at the price, but in general. I think I would too, quite well, frankly. As you should. So now you got Aaron Rodgers ahead of Lamar Jackson. Well, yeah. Who else are you going to throw him in front of uh, Allen and Mahomes too? No. Your no. weird obsession. But I'd even throw I'd even throw him against your boy uh, Cam Newton. Well, <laughs> bold. <laughs> you are. That's bold yeah, I mean, cotton, as yeah. they say. Yeah. All right. Can we get out of here? It's up to you. We got a whole weekend to do. So. Thanks so much for joining us. We will be back next Friday, same time, same channel. Find all the show archives as well as Chaos and Disorder if you need some yucks over at AsylumFantasySports.com. Reach out and touch the show where the bathing suit covers at Chaos and Disorder on Twitter, Chaos and Disorder Pod on the Facebook, and of course, Rick will talk to you if you write an email to AsylumFootball at gmail.com. Until next time, we'll see you. Hey, take care. Aaron Rodgers, high scoring quarterback last year. Boo.